Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen, glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages, amen. You probably noticed in today's gospel reading the part where the Lord says, and St. Luke writes, that they all ate and were filled. And this filling is what we want to focus on today. The Lord is calling us to be filled. He's calling you to be satisfied, to be nourished, to be overflowing with good things. The world we live in wants to give us things that are filling, or at least we think they are, but then they're not satisfying. You know when you can be filled with something, but you're still not satisfied? Have you ever had that feeling? Like for example, you know, you, you just ate your meal, but for some reason or another, after you've cleared the dishes and you've done the things and you've put things back, you still go to the fridge and open up and look for something else because you're not satisfied yet. Have you had that feeling before? I'm sure many have. Many have gone back to the fridge and stared at it because they're not filled yet or they're not satisfied yet. The world will continue to give us lots of things that are fillers, but they're not filling. And we're called to be aware of this reality. We're called to be aware of this truth, that things that are filling are not necessarily, uh, fillers are not necessarily filling. They not necessarily satisfy you. When these people ate and were filled, we're thinking, well, obviously it means that the Lord blessed the bread, blessed the, the, the fish, fed them and baskets were left over and everything was beautiful and wondrous and miraculous. That is a miracle. That was one of the miracles our Lord performed. You're right. But there's a greater miracle than this. It's the filling of the heart, the filling of the soul. The Lord wants to give us not just to be filled with bread and fish. He wants to, be, he wants to give us to be filled with His Spirit. And this is not just uh, a wonderful thing, or a miraculous thing. This is the love of God manifesting itself over and over again. That's why St. Paul says, we have a hope in God because of that Holy Spirit that was, not, that was given to us and given to us in abundance. The love of God was poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. So they all ate and were filled. So this idea of filling of bread is not just, again, about bread. Because if it were just about bread and fish, it would have, been, it would have ended there. It's interesting how this gospel is prayed every day in the ninth hour of the Agbeya. If you pick up the ninth hour, you'll notice that the gospel of the ninth hour is today's gospel. The church reads this gospel to us regularly. Today, you've read it because it's the fifth Sunday of the month. So when there's a fifth Sunday, it's a month of blessings. We read this gospel. You read it two weeks ago. And we read it in other versions. And it's in all four gospels. And there's even one about seven loaves and four fish. This gospel and this miraculous event is constantly repeated and repeated and reiterated for us to consider what is the meaning behind it. I mean, when the church reads this gospel to us at the ninth hour, the ninth hour of the day was when our Lord gave up His Spirit on the cross, where He yielded Himself on the cross. So from this offering on this cross, we see this miracle of filling. St. Paul reads to us something, writes to us something in Romans chapter 5 that's really remarkable. He says, Therefore, just as through one man 
sin entered the world. Through Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus spread, death spread to all men because all sinned through that inheritance of death. I'll read to you a few verses later. He says the following. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Whereas by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, and that one man with a capital M, St. Paul wants to put that on purpose to remind us who that one man is, the man Christ Jesus, God incarnate, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So one man sinned, sin entered the world. All die through sin because of it. And then by one man's obedience, by the incarnation of God, one man offers himself on the cross, and not just a regular man, but God incarnate, all of a sudden, life enters the world. That's why we read this at the ninth hour to remind us, this wasn't just the most amazing or spectacular or sensational event in history on Good Friday at the, at the ninth hour. This was the turning point that led us literally from death that took us and led us literally from death to life. So we're considering this as a wondrous miracle, aren't we? When we realize, what does it mean that we are, we'd be loved so much that God would take on this plan for our salvation from before the foundation of the world, from before even we were created? So the, the, the constant move, the constant driving force is love. The constant reason God does these things, anything, in your life is because of his love for you. So the point is to not settle for anything less. Even when these people follow him and they eat the bread and they eat the fish and they're filled and then they follow because they're looking for more. He says, don't follow me because you ate of bread and, and fish. Look for eternal life. And that's why people are hungry and thirsty for the word. Constantly. Whether they realize it or not, there's a constant hunger and thirst for the word of God. Sadly, a lot of people, and even in the Christian world, don't realize that hunger they have for the Word of God, so they leave the Word of God aside for other words, for other things. And the Bible is left there, accumulating its dust, and, and losing its place in the center of our hearts. But we're called to take it and read it, and search in it for the Word of God. Search in it what the Lord is trying to say. Because it says in this passage as well earlier, that... When they came, he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. The Lord wants to speak to us about the kingdom. He wants to give us the truths of the kingdom, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He wants us to understand what is waiting for us. If only we allow ourselves to say, enough with the junk. Enough with the things that are of lesser importance and lesser value. Like we mentioned, the example of, you know, you eat something, but you still go to the fridge for more because you weren't satisfied. You're missing something satisfying. Nothing will satisfy you like the Word of God. Nothing will satisfy you like receiving Christ. But we can come down this aisle in just a few minutes to receive the body and blood and come and leave as we were. Or we can come and leave different. Leave with a greater 
reality or a greater realization. This wasn't just a tradition. This is not just a routine. This is not just something we do in memory of. This is a living memory that repeats itself every time the bread is broken and the blood is offered every time then we are given renewal and life in Christ. Every single time. So it's definitely not about bread and fish. I'm going to read you a nice passage from a book called Jesus' Dialogue with the Savior. My father loves Jalei. He says, The breaking of bread is the central act of Christianity. At the Last Supper, Jesus breaks bread and distributes it. He pours wine and distributes it. It's not enough to say that Jesus gives himself. He gives himself as a piece of broken bread and has poured out wine. He gives his broken body and his shed blood. The Lamb of God is immolated for the life and salvation of the world. O oh, Jesus, grant me union with you in your immolation. In your hands make of my life a libation poured out to God and to men. Pour me into your cup as spilt wine. Make me a piece of bread broken by your very own hands, held in your hands, distributed by your hands. I am willing to be broken by you. Drawn my, draw my sins and my person in your blood, or drown them. Drown my sins and my person in your blood. This is a, a prayer to think about when you're receiving the Holy Eucharist. Drown my sins and my person in your holy blood. Grant that I may die to myself in order to be born to you, to your brethren. Since I am a member of your body, offer me to God and give me to others with your own body and blood. Jesus is the bread which comes down from heaven. The gospel also calls it the bread of life. There is much more in the notion bread of life than in that of living bread. To speak of a living bread is to say that life is a quality belonging to this bread. To speak of the bread of life is to state that this quality can be communicated. It's the bread of life, so this life is shared and given for the salvation of the world. The bread of life is a food which gives and engenders life. Life-giving. So, come forward today and say, Lord, give me life. Not just the life that will last for decades on earth and end. Give me the life that continues, that is only found in you. I'm sure you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, all the blessings, all the Beatitudes. And one of the most encouraging ones for us today is blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst for what? What are you hungering and thirst for? Who is hungering for bread and fish? Who is hungering for cars and trucks? Who is hungering for homes and titles and ambitions and prestige and reputation and money? Who is hungering for these things? None of these things will fill. Who is hungering for righteousness? They will be filled. Because righteousness is Christ. The more I seek Christ, the more I say, Lord, fill me with you. None of these things will satisfy. You have a car? Great. You have a house? Wonderful. You have money? Good for you. What else do you have? List the list. Go on with the list of things you, you have and you think you own. When nothing belongs. As St. Paul says, for what I have, I can't take it with me. I can't take it with me. It doesn't fit in the coffin. I can't take it with me. But if I realize that these things are what they are, and I leave them in the size of what they are, and I pursue what's greater 
and truly life-giving, then all these things will be just, you know, on the side. And that's why the Lord says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek it first. Not just first, okay, let me seek first the heaven and then we'll talk about the other things I'm seeking. No, that's not what we're trying to say. That's not what the Lord is saying. To seek first and foremost and constantly and willingly and perseveringly and struggle for it and pursue it with all your heart. Seek this. Seek His kingdom. Seek His righteousness. And all these things will be, this is like, whatever. This is just like, okay. It's like, like thrown in. Kind of like when King Solomon prayed and said, the Lord said, what do you want? Lord, give me a wise and understanding heart to lead your kingdom. He says, fine, you want this? Because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for power. You didn't ask for prestige. You know what? I'm going to give you wisdom beyond what you even hope to receive. And I'll throw the other things because the other things is nothing. These things are nothing. If they were something then this is what the Lord would have been born into the world in and for. So He would have come into the world, and like you've heard before and thought of before and said before, He would have picked the greatest, biggest, baddest mansion on earth to be born in. He would have picked the biggest, baddest sports car to bring St. Joseph and St. Mary to, to, to Bethlehem in. This would have been the standard. This is not the standard. The world is deceiving us thinking this is the standard. The most up-to-date uh, devices, the most up-to-date this. This is not the standard in heaven. None of these things exist in heaven. So, be hungry for righteousness. Settle for nothing less. Say, this is not going to fulfill me. I'm not settling for this. I'm not giving in to this. Have your home and have your car and have your stuff. Normal, No problem. But this is not the goal. Remind yourself. At least put that as a reminder first and foremost and let the Lord fill you. He, because when Solomon says something interesting, he says many interesting things, he says, God has put eternity into our hearts. Our hearts are defaulted, and you've heard this before, to desire eternity, to desire what is eternal, to desire to be filled with something greater than temporal, which cannot satisfy us, ever. I'll leave you with a nice quote from St. Irenaeus, or sorry, St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius of Antioch, he says, I have no taste for the food that perishes, nor for the pleasures of this life. I want the bread of God, which is the flesh of Christ. I want the bread of God, which is the flesh of Christ, who, has, who was the seed of David. And for drink, I desire his blood, which is love that cannot be destroyed. Look at the meaning behind that. Love that cannot be destroyed. This is what is offered to you today and every day. Every moment of every day, love that cannot be destroyed is being offered to you. Mystically at this table, every time you attend and pray liturgy. But every moment of your life, love which cannot be destroyed is being offered to you, one way or another. And people are realizing it more and more. Others are following the path of lesser things and following lesser things, going down that downward spiral. But others are returning. Others are realizing. Others are coming to the, the reality of what it is that God is trying to do for them. So, I leave you with that thought and I want you to think about it with me and pray about it with me today. When the Lord takes these five loaves, breaks them, blesses them, and thousands are fed. He breaks His body. It's not the priest that breaks the body. The priest is just following orders. 
The Lord is breaking his body. The Lord is offering his body. That one loaf for the whole church. One loaf to satisfy all? Yes. You can leave satisfied or leave wanting more depending on what you are tuning into. What is your appetite focused on? Turn your appetite to what is truly filling. Settle for nothing less. Ask God and say, Lord, give me to be satisfied with you. Increase my hunger and thirst for you. Increase my hunger and thirst for your righteousness. And this talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.